Hello, everybody. I'm Hot Rod Bob, and you've got gas on evening edition or morning edition, depending on when you're watching it. And we've got some special guests with us today, along with my regular co-host. Well, I don't know if he's regular or not, but he's a nice guy. It's I drink a lot of fiber, Bob. You do? Yeah, okay. I just wanted to let you know that. All right. So he's my regular co-host, and, and I'm his co-host, and we share co-hosting from time to time. Now, with us are people from S. RK Street Racing Kills. And ladies, why don't you introduce yourself to the public that are watching? Hi, I am Lily sure. Pocket. I am the founder and executive director of Street Racing Kills. Lori. Hello, I am Lori Argumedo. I am the director for outreach and community uh, community relations for Street Racing Kills. All right, Street Racing Kills. That's a very blunt statement. Uh why? Why have you why have you come up with this? I, um, well, I street race killed my daughter when she was 16 years old. And I went around and around and thought about like, okay, was it because she went to that party? Was it because uh, she got in that car and she fell asleep in the back seat? And the boy that was taking her and her girlfriend's home, so an ex-co-worker, they challenged each other to a street race. And of course he crashed. She was going over 100 killing my daughter. She was the only one that passed away. And I thought about it and I said, if he didn't street race, no matter what they did, she wouldn't have died. And um, I ended up calling it just as it is, street racing kills. Was anyone else injured in that collision? Yeah, everybody was injured, but no, the other three didn't pass away. He, uh, The driver didn't pass away. The other two girls didn't pass away. Only my daughter. What were, the con- what were the consequences for the driver legally? Uh, he was a uh, week shy of 18, 17, and uh, he got charged as a minor and he got a year, but he got out at seven months uh, for good behavior. Okay. So that's, I think that's what, um, it, it, everything that happened pushed me more into, do, into doing more and to helping others and to going to the schools and to just, you know, keep going, keep going. Uh, I didn't plan it. They just asked me to go speak in one school. I said, I liked it. I sold the kids, getting touched by what I said. More than you know, knew I was street racing, that you can think of as a question that uh, in uh, 2014 was not asked. Everything was about, you know, driving under the influence, distracted driving. Nobody asked about street racing. And I started doing that. And then I found a way of keeping her with me, selfishly keeping her with me. And um, I was really happy that the first time and the second time I had pictures. The third time I had a slide, the fourth time I had a logo, which was at this logo, but there was another logo and it just kept rolling from there. Lori, what brought you into this? Uh, My niece was killed um, on May 11th, 2019 by a young man that was street racing. It's kind of ironic that we're doing this uh, today because I just received a notification that the young man that took her life is going to be getting out of jail on the 23rd of this month. So, um, he uh, was given a seven-year prison sentence. It was vehicular manslaughter, felony hit and run, and bodily injury to a passenger. Um, so what happened was, uh, it was the day before Mother's Day. My niece and her little brother were in the car, and they decided to surprise their mom, and they were going to go to their mom's house. Uh, they were supposed to actually go on Mother's Day, which was the 12th, but they, did, they decided to go on the 11th. So they were on their way to pick up her little girl. She had a six-year-old at the time. And so as they were driving, two young men decided to race down this residential street. Uh, They were going almost 100 miles per hour uh, down this residential street. 
they uh, blew through the stop sign. My niece was coming and they hit her on her side of the car and her seat. She was completely crushed. Um, every bone in her body was broken. Um, my nephew was left in critical condition. Uh, she died there at the scene. And um, it was just tragic. Everything that we went through was tragic. Um, just something that you just, you, you would feel like you're in a nightmare and that you never wake up from. And so uh, he did leave the scene and it was about three months later, he was uh, apprehended um, for this uh, hit and run and vehicular manslaughter. And so I didn't know what to do. I was really angry and I didn't know who to be upset, you know, with, I, I just was so mad. And I met Lily actually at a town hall meeting as I spoke my mind about keeping our, you know, our streets safe and putting speed bumps and, you know, just doing something about the street racing because the uh, community had been complaining about people racing and doing donuts at that intersection where she was killed. And uh, so be it about 60 crashes had occurred at that same incident, you know, within the last year uh, whether, and nobody had been um, killed. That was, she was the first person that was killed, but it took somebody dying for them to actually notice that there was a problem. And it's, it's, it was very sad. And I didn't want her death to be in vain. And, you know, I promised, you know, um, when we laid her to rest, I made a promise to her that I was going to keep her uh, memory alive and that was going to make sure that her death was not in vain. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm keeping my promise to her and um, her little girl. So Layla is six. Uh, she was six at the time and she's nine years old now. And so that's why I think what I do is really, really important because I don't want anybody to go through what we've been through. Um, and so that we're doing this today and getting that notification that he's going to be getting out of jail and uh, he only served uh, less than three years. Uh, May of this year will be three years. You know, I didn't really know how I feel, you know, about that. But I know that what I'm doing is is uh, what makes me feel good, keeps me close to Bethany. And, you know, I'm going to help somebody else. And if we could save one life, then we've done our job. Okay. When you guys first started this, did you find it difficult to get people to take you guys seriously? Yes, actually, uh so it was she, my daughter passed away in December 7, 2013. And so as of December, you know, 2000, I mean, as of uh, May 2014, so I started speaking at the schools and I had a name. Uh, I didn't meet Lori until 2016. Uh, but in the meantime, it was very hard. It was very, very hard. The, the people kept telling me, other organizations told me, well, the schools don't like you know, the word kills. Maybe you should change it. And I said, no, I'm not going to change it. That's what, that's what killed her. I'm just, I, I mean, if they don't want to. So I said, okay. So I started creating programs that respect the road, teen traffic safety program, where I invited all my other friends from different nonprofits and we could cover. I was like, okay, look, I'm going to come to your school. I'm going to have distracted driving, driving under the influence, uh, hit and run, because I had met so many organizations. But of course, as Lori knows, we would touch every subject, but when we did, uh, when the subject was those illegal street racing, we kicked butt. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, I brought a crash car with the reenactment because I wanted them to see reality, you know, not mm -hmm. just the pictures, but I wanted them to uh, do the, the the hospital scene. You know, when I was looking for her, when I couldn't find her anywhere, and I went to the hospital thinking she was there, and I see her best friend sitting there, and I'm like, where is Valentina? And then she just told me, Valentina died. So I still had to go to my house with my son. And then they told me, the police officer that she had passed away. And uh, uh, so all that scene of me running in the hospital, we, I do it with Lori, right? Yeah, that's really hard to do. 
Yeah, we have police that comes and gives me the notification. I take the notification. So I know that the other subjects are very, very important, but I want to make sure that street racing is touched, it's known, and that they know the dangers, the dangers of it. So that's how I kept going until in 2016 when I heard of Bethany's crash. I was invited to the town hall meeting and I said, I'm going. This crash was horrible. I knew all about it. And um, I was thinking I was going to be a mom, but I met Laurie yeah. instead, the aunt. <laughs> Yeah, it was 2019, 2019. Oh, 2019. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, 2019. And, um, you know, that mm-hmm. is, you know, I feel like that's what Lily and I do. We really touch their hearts. You know, we're not about, you know, we're not judging because they're young. Um, people make mistakes. We understand that. And that's why, you know, it's hard for me to, you know, it could have been my son, right? My son's going to grow up one day and he can make the same mistake. That's why I think it's so important that we educate the youth now, you know, and that we educate um, parents so they can understand, you know, what to look for. What are their kids doing? You know, are they modifying their cars? You know, not realizing, because we've also talked to mothers that lost their sons that were the ones doing the street racing. And they had no idea that their son was racing on the streets. The majority of the street racers are, are, are young men, you know, and so majority of them, you know, uh, I think we've had like one young lady and that was, came through our program that uh, was was uh, doing donuts. But for the most part, we speak to mainly uh, young men. And so, you know, our thing is, you know, we're actively out there. We're giving speeches. We're doing presentations. We're bringing crash cars. We're talking to college students. We have our our stories that we share, which are, are hard to share, but it we know it makes a difference. We have police officers um, that... Um, have partnered with us, LASD Motorsports, where they race the kids and their Camaro, you know, it's the sheriffs and they get an opportunity to race a cop and not get a ticket. How cool is that? You know, and so we take them to the track. Um, we have different programs. One of our programs is called the Teen Traffic Safety Assembly. So we go to the high schools, we bring a crash car, we bring LASD Motorsports with their uh, Camaro so they can see what it looks like, what a race car looks like, right? How yeah. The safety features of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a crash car. Um, and then we speak to them, right. And we just tell them our stories. They have an opportunity to talk to us after to talk to CHP, to talk to LSD motorsports. Uh, we also have a go beyond driving school because unfortunately the driving schools are no longer in high school. So they don't have this opportunity no driver's ed anymore. No. Yeah, no driver's ed. So we have a, a program where we go and we do like a driver's ed and we try to get the high schools to co- collaborate with us to do that. Then we do a zoom. Uh, with the pandemic, the numbers have definitely skyrocketed when it comes to street racing, expedition of speed, um, sideshows, takeovers, whatever you want to call them, doing donuts in the streets. Um, so the numbers skyrocketed, and that's really how uh, Lily and I, just the organization, we have been all over the place because AAA uh, has partnered with us and they wanted to do their part to see what they can do to help the community because they saw these spikes and they were getting they were like, who can we partner with? And Lily had been trying for years oh, to yeah, work been, with um, AAA. Think, uh, knocking on doors, you know, I want <laughs> AAA because I saw that they didn't talk about street racing in their magazine. It was all about everything else but street racing. So here I am calling and calling and calling, going here, going there. I partnered with Matt. I've been their victim speaker forever and leaving my car, leaving my car. So one of the big, biggest crashes that happened in Burbank when three kids died, um, uh, that's when... One of the CEOs said, you know what? We got to do something about this. So here comes Doug Shoup, right? <laughs> and uh, From AAA. He, he asked her somebody else, another lady that was there. Hey, do you know anybody about street racing? She's like, oh, this girl keeps coming. They have her car here. She came, whatever. <laughs> street racing kills. And that's how he contacted me. So it really, um, it's been nonstop knocking on doors. 
and the bittersweet, right? Because of so many deaths lately uh, that had happened since the pandemic and now, uh, of course, it's easier. Now they're actually calling us, you know, uh, it's easy. Yeah. We're racing and we come. So my name actually, that was so criticized that actually ended up, that's how they find us right away. And, uh, and then we end up, you know, helping families, helping people that are grieving, guiding them to the uh, court process as well. Because I got rolled over. Uh, yeah. I didn't know what to do. You know, here I am, I'm, I'm mourning my daughter's death. And they're like, come here, present yourself here, talk about you there that passed away at court. And it's like, I didn't know my rights. So I wanted to make sure that I would help others to know their rights. You know, it's not a non-one-one situation. I've seen parents crying, you know, when they put the handcuffs on their kids and they take them in, you know, and I see the other parent that lost a child. So it's it's uh, it's pretty hard, but um, I just want to make sure that what happened to me uh, doesn't happen to anyone else. And meeting Lori has been amazing because she jumped on board right away with the passion, understanding what I want. Both have the same passion is, and it was hard to find someone like that. So as soon as she jumped in, you know, we're each other's sidekick. You know, we're all over okay, Good. <laughs> yeah, all right, I've got a question. I've got a question for you. It just happened, but uh, about an hour ago, I got a call from a friend who is concerned for a, another friend's family where a 15 year old has been watching the movie Fast and Furious. And he's finding that very alluring and uh, he's become passionate about building a car similar to that. And he is very pro street racing because how it was being glorified. How, or do you get questions about that in uh, your presentations? Definitely, Lily, we have, we actually have a program called Fast and the Fatal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And purposely, Lily named it Fast and the Fatal because of the movie Fast and the Furious. And remember, Paul Walker died, you know, so in the movie, you know, they make they make it seem like, you know, you, you they're doing these racing on the streets. They're, they're not, you know, that's all stage. These are actors. They're stuntmen that are actually driving these cars and not Paul Walker. And it's unfortunate because he's a prime example of him and his friend who was actually a race car driver that could not control the Porsche that they were driving, lost control, and they both lost their lives because they were not doing it on the track. And so, you know, Lily and I actually, we have a program that is uh, for the youth, for the parents and for their children. And Mm -hmm. we call it Fast and the Furious. And we talk about the realities of illegal street racing, why it's so important to take it to the track. Uh, We actually talk about Irwindale all the time. (laughs) Uh, we promote the track all the time because um you know one thing that i learned a lot was that you i started to learn about big willy right okay Uh, oh yeah Uh, you know big willy you know what he did for the community what he did i learned that i had to learn about it you know the car culture and i said you never get rid of the the car culture has been going for so many years right racing Mm -hmm. has gone for so many years and i realized how with Big Willie, uh, there was when you would get there, nobody cared what race you were, you know, what sexual preference you had, uh, what economical background you had. It was about the car, right? The car culture. Correct. So I uh, kind of like I wanted to learn all about it. And uh, going to it when they you remember I went there to see you many many yeah. years ago, and yes. it was Don, and uh, Don was like uh, when she met me, she's like you have to come with me to the track. I had never been to a track, so. I went to the track uh, and uh, I was like, wow. And I saw young kids, you know, with their cars and I saw that love. And I actually, 
took some picture with them and thank you for bringing it to the track. Mm -hmm. So with that say, um, I learned so much that there's nothing wrong with loving your car. There's nothing wrong to making your car cool. You cannot, you just have to guide them where to take your car to be cool. Maybe you can go to a car show. Maybe, of course, they could do it when they're to race, you know? I mean, we just try to guide them in the right directions and let them know and and try to understand them. If they're like some some kids that we've seen, it's the whole family is, you know, they love cars. Sure. You know, so I think yeah, it's my and talking to Lori about it as well, that, you know. Okay. Well, and, and that's that's a fact. Uh, street racing has been going on since the first two people on a path Another. walked up against each other and decided who could run faster. Yeah, and also there's there's a couple of shows on TV now. Uh, you know, if you ever watch Street Outlaws on uh, Motor Trend or anything like that, they they basically it's perceived that these people are racing on city streets, which in a sense they are, but they're all road blocked off. They're all out outside the city limits it's not like people are actually racing you know down the streets and and where it's very dangerous you know i know we're having a little trouble with Lori's feed here but i yeah. lily i'm curious when you first got involved in this how much of a transition was it for you as a person to go from mom to this person who's outspoken on this subject because uh, suddenly you're a person who's in front of microphones. You're suddenly the person everybody's keeping an eye on uh, that that is paying attention to you. Were you this outgoing early on? No, <laughs> I was a single mom with two kids. All I cared was about going to work, make sure they had something to eat, make sure they went to school, you know, making sure I could pay my rent and make sure I could go to the gym. That was my thing. And my life got turned upside down. Um I didn't know. I thought I was in a movie. You know, I, I was a single mom, two bedroom. She slept next to me and I saw this little baby girl just grow right next to me to this giant 16 year old that she was uh, a woman and a little girl at the same time. You know, this girl could, could color Little Mermaid like crazy, be on her Facebook, watching Law and Order, texting at the same time. I mean, that was my baby girl with a very, very spicy personality. And I still call her my boss because she was bossy then and she's still a, a boss right now. She is my boss over there. I just work for her. <laughs> but yeah, it, um, it, the first time I went to speak at a school that they asked me, I spoke even at the candlelight vigil. And then when I, and I did my interview, my first interview was at her funeral. And I remember I said, yes, yes, they, you know, the daily breeze can come and talk. I don't remember what I said. I just remember, I don't even who dressed me for the funeral. But I remember when I went to the first school that, um, I spoke, I knew somehow how to talk to the kids. I went to my therapist and she looks at me. She's like, you're smiling today. And I go, yeah, I'm hot. She goes, you're smiling. And I told her, I think I just found a way of keeping her with me. And it kept going and going. Like I said, it was very hard at the beginning with the name, uh, but it just kept going and going and all of a sudden, because more, and I knew it, uh, to be honest with you, I knew that, and I, I told so many times at city councils, you know, go there and stand there and tell them, we need science, we need education, we need to do this. And I told them, how many people have to die for you guys to do something about it? Like, like, like drunk driving, how many mm -hmm. people? 
And the more people died, the more my organization kept growing. Unfortunately, it's really, really yeah. sad, but yeah. Right. There's another group that's doing something similar. Uh, it's a group called BREAKS. And yes. I don't know what the acronym exactly stands for, but Doug Herbert, a past NHRA and AHRA top fuel champion, lost both his sons to a, a situation where they were driving at a high rate of speed. I won't say street racing because we don't know, but uh, it was at a high rate of speed enough that the vehicle was destroyed and both boys were were killed in the accident so he's doing something similar to your what you're doing he's actually running a driver's training program and, yes, and, about them. Mm-hmm. and uh so it's i'm glad to see what you're doing now you talked about big willie for those people who may not be aware of him he was a prime mover back beginning in the mid 60s on street racing exactly what you're trying to stop but what he was, was a humanitarian to an extent in that he brought people of different races together. He eventually got his wish and got a legitimate drag strip. It brought people together. It got them off the street. He became a proponent for track racing, not street racing. And the name of the club changed from L.A. County Street Racers to the Brotherhood of Street Racers. We have a lot of those people coming out to Irwindale and doing legitimate racing, NHRA points racing, the Summit Series. They come out on Thursday nights for test and tune. They race within the, the guidelines and the safety. And that's one of the things that the kids today, I think, are missing is they're looking at Fast and Furious and thinking people can walk away from a crash as they show on TV. And as you indicated, people aren't realizing that these aren't real. These are staged crashes that have limitations and there are safety devices in those vehicles that you don't see. So the the fictitious crash is being glorified and people are not seeing the facts and the truth. And I think an organization like yours bringing it out is very important. Thank you. I I made it back. You're back. Welcome back. back. We we knew you could do it. (laughs) Actually, you know, that you say that, you know, that's, that's why, um, as hard as it is, you know, in a, we have a program, it's called the Reckless Driving Intervention Program. And we actually went out to the track on Thursday when we met you. Mm-hmm. And we had two individuals um, that have went through our program that came out to the track to check it out. And so the reason for this program, these individuals have already been charged with either uh, with a misdemeanor or even a felony. They have already been convicted mm-hmm. for reckless driving, whether it be street racing, expedition of speed, doing donuts, or even just participate uh, being a spectator at a sideshow and so we they go through our program and and one of the things that we do um is i i i read bethany's you know autopsy report i talk about what happened i talk about going to the coroner's office and having to identify her body you know we talk about what happens you know you see these memorials but you don't know the story behind these memorials you see these flowers you see this it looks beautiful and you, you keep on driving but there's a story behind every single one of these memorials and, and, uh, you know, the consequences, you need to see the full consequences. Not only do you, are you probably going to serve some jail time, but you also ruined a family's life. You know, you have a little girl like Layla growing up without her mother, you know, she's six. It's not fair to her. Um, I had to do my, I had to do my niece's makeup for her funeral. Like we were talking about weddings and I, instead of doing her wet, her makeup for her wedding, I'm doing it for her funeral. Like, you know, those are just things that we shouldn't have to do. Lily should not be burying her child. 
Like it's just unnatural for a parent to bury your child. Mm -hmm. So we, we bring these things up and we make it a reality. So they really understand like, it's not the consequences of just getting arrested, a ticket, fines, you know, you're taking away somebody's life and your life will never be the same. You know, I'm pretty sure the young man that killed Bethany will never be the same. And Lily's had said the same thing, even though the young man that took her daughter's life, you know, only served seven months. She's that he's, he's not the same person. He came out a different person, a lot of anger. All right. So if someone wants to get in touch with your organization. Yes. And that's what I, I talk a lot about that, how how different he came out. Okay. Uh, Someone wants to get in touch with your organization to have you speak, to have you make your presentation, to get the word out. How would they do that? Oh, they go to, oh, go ahead, Lily. I'd like okay. to take this one. Yeah, with those and they can see all our programs and they can email us. And the, the phone number for the, our nonprofit is there as well. Uh, you can see everything that we're doing and they can check a lot of videos, a lot of uh, everything. By the way, Bob, thank you for taking the pledge. I got it today. <laughs> we yeah. have a pledge that you promised not to raise or do any reckless driving. Uh, we do a, a, a lot of things. So yeah, if they want to get in touch with us, definitely go to streetracingkills.org. We'll be right away be happy to talk to you in whatever capacity that you need us for. We'll be there for you. We we, we love what we're doing. That's what uh, we have our, our our bosses from heaven, Bethany and Valentina, that has us working 24-7. And the funny thing about this is that we love it. We It could be one, two in the morning. It can, we can be late. We have to fly here. We have to fly there. We went, we went in Texas at five o'clock in the morning shooting, you know, we didn't care, you know, because it's the love that we have in our hearts will move this organization. All right. So one thing to, to bring out to people, this is not just a Southern California based situation. This happens yeah. all over the country. Uh, obviously, not so much in the snow, but when weather is good, people come out and this happens. And it's not just indicative of our drivers and our teens here in Southern California. It happens everywhere. And you go there as needed. Yes. Yes. I've been to Pennsylvania and Laura and I went all over Texas campaigning. We're going to Chicago, but that's just for the Lifesavers conferences. I mean, we're just everywhere. Pennsylvania was pretty cool when I went over there. I mean, uh, to Harrisburg and they had had their own track. It wasn't that big, but you know what? That you could see uh, the guy that that runs it and the gentleman that has a program similar to mine. Mm -hmm. He is a little more like a beat the heat program kind of, you know, Uh, but still I was there and I saw all these young guys race and um, they had a trophy made on Valentina's name and they gave it to me. It was actually the kid that won, he won the trophy, but it was kind of like pink, you know, and it had her picture. So he was happy (laughs) to give it to me at the end. And I was like, yes, I wanted it. (laughs) So that was awesome going there. So yeah, whatever they they invite us, we go. All right. We're going to wrap wrap things up. Any last words, uh, Lori? Yeah, actually, we have a new program that I'm, uh, well, something that we're really excited about. It's called Val. It's not new. This is our second year, but Val's Respect the Road Scholarship. So uh, the scholarship is called after Valentina, and we're really just dedicated to developing the next generation of safe drivers. So what we do is we have the scholarship and uh, we fund the, um, their behind the wheel driving safety programs. Um, So we'll pay for that. Uh, It's for disadvantaged teens and for foster children that just can't afford driving school. So we do that annually. So just let people know, go to uh, our website and check it out. And it's also something that we like to do. And uh, we're always looking for funding for the organization. Everything, every penny we get goes straight back into the organization to these programs that we have. 
So you're not taking any salaries. This is all. Uh, oh, no, no, 100% volunteer no, 100% our time. 100% volunteer work. Okay. And spend our money. <laughs> spend your money. Randy, yeah, any questions? Any final like, questions? Well, I wanted to ask Lori what we asked uh, Lily earlier, but I know she was briefly uh, having some technical issues. What, Lori, what we asked uh, Lily was going into this whole thing with after the tragedy, you have to be kind of a, a in your face person, you have to be a little aggressive trying to get in front of people you have to suddenly you're it's like you're taking a real life speech class in front of everybody because you're trying to give them information. Uh, I asked Lily the same thing I said, so were you the kind of person that was kind of an outgoing type of person beforehand? Or did you have to kind of rise to the occasion to do what you're doing right now? You know, I was actually a boxer for 17 years um, before I was on the women's USA boxing team. So oh. I've been mm. around some tough cookies my whole life. <laughs> my dad was a boxer is kind of around in the family. Um, so, you know, I, I have no problem. I had no problems with speaking to people. I've always had to, you know, get up and prove myself. And so when Lily said, you know, I told her we're going to make a difference. I'm like, uh, let's do this. What, what do we need to do, girl? I, I got you. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Good. Ladies, thank you very much. <laughs> we, we appreciate you being with us here on gas, the great American auto scene, and uh, we'll help you whatever we can uh, bring people out to Irwindale. Irwindale's their place to race. Thank it's you. the safe place to race. Come on out. I will give them tours through the tower if I can. If you bring people in, yes. I will speak to them. And uh, I'm a car guy. We have all <laughs> involved at one point in time with a light to light competition, so to speak. Uh, I can talk from experience as well. Not the negative, though, other than Randy and I lost a friend a year ago Christmas Yeah, over a street race. And he wasn't even in the street. No, he was off on the side. He was photographing. Yep. And he was hit by uh, two cars. The drivers left the cars and that took off. That was Dano. Yeah. Yeah, Dano. Uh, we've all been touched by it one way, shape, or form. If you think about it, it's, it's happened. All right. Gas, the great American auto scene. Thank you for joining us. And remember, you've got gas. Have a good evening, everybody. <laughs>